0: This evening we are interested in the book of Mark chapter number 1. If you have your Bibles, please turn there with me as we're studying treasures from the book of Mark. And tonight I want to read verses 35 through 39 in your hearing tonight. And just want to trust the Lord. Mark chapter 1 verse number 35. And in the morning... Rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. From these verses tonight, I feel like the Lord would have us think on this thought, the Lord's chosen direction. Now, there is no greater person and there is no greater subject than the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you agree? When I look at verse 32, at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of divers' diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Jesus healed everyone that was brought to him. Now think about it. Every person that had someone on their heart Sick in their family, sick amongst their friends. They brought them to Jesus. They came to Simon Peter's house. The whole city is gathered at the door, basically, and the Lord is healing every single one. But let's stop for a minute and recognize something that Jesus did not finish all the urgent temporal needs in Palestine, He did not heal every person in Palestine. I'm sure he would have liked to have done that but he didn't. But he did finish the work that God gave him to do. So let's examine then the wisdom and the priorities of the Lord Jesus Christ. The clamoring and the press of all those people they did not direct his steps. The father Chose and directed the steps of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus maintained the purpose and the plan and the priorities that God the Father gave him. He's a perfect example. He's a perfect servant. And I want us to look at him tonight and I believe that this message is for somebody here and tonight it's going to change your mindset just a little bit in the way you view this text and maybe in the way you view the priorities in your life. Number one, I want us to see the pressure he shouldered. So verse 21 of this chapter begins the Sabbath day for the Lord. What has he done? He's already called his disciples. He goes into the synagogue, and there he's counseling with his doctrine, and there he has a man jump up with a devil in him, and began to cry out and interrupt in preaching, so Jesus cast the devil out. Then after that very demanding service, he went to Simon Peter's house, hoping to get some food, but when he gets there, Simon's wife's mother is laying sick of a delirious fever, and he takes the fever from her and brings healing into her body, and this long day of all its demands, at even, you'd think, When you've had a hard day, you come home, and you sit down and you go, boy, this has been one more day. But for Jesus, the Bible says that even, when he's ready to retire, when the sun did set, they begin to bring him everybody that was sick, everybody that was diseased. Why didn't they do that early in the day? Because they couldn't. The rabbinical law forbid them to carry a burden to bring someone that far to Jesus. So they had to wait till 6 p.m. when the Sabbath was over to bring everybody to Christ. And now when they're bringing them one by one, as they're getting healed and this one's healed and this one's healed, no doubt they went back and said, it's a miracle. And now others here. And the line gets longer and it continues on into the night. Can you just imagine how Jesus cares for our despair and how Jesus cures everyone that is diseased? Spend the day with him and you'll see the demands and the pressure that's placed on him. Now, those pressures are obviously pulling him in every direction. There are many varied needs amongst that congregation. And we know that Jesus healed everyone that was brought to him. No one was too far gone. There was not one person that he didn't heal. Not one demon that he didn't cast out of anyone that was brought to him. He healed them instantly, immediately, completely, and perfectly. And I want you to say, I want you to see in verse 34, when he cast the demons out, the Bible says he suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Well, preacher Darren, why did he let the devil speak? I mean, that'd be a great testimony. He doesn't need the demons to be his evangelists. <laughs> He's got me. <laughs> He's got you. We're supposed to go out and tell everybody that Jesus saves. But there's another reason besides that. Turn with me a little later in this chapter to verse number 44. We've not preached this yet, but Jesus is healing the leper. And in verse 44, Jesus saith unto him, See thou, say nothing to any man. See that? But go thy way, show thyself to the priest. He told the man, the leper that was cleansed, do not, Tell anyone. Chapter 3, verse 12. Jesus again has cast out unclean spirits. They've cried out, thou art the Son of God, verse 12. He straightly charged them that they should not make him known. Chapter 5, verse 43. He's gone to Jairus' house. He's raised up Jairus' 12-year-old daughter from the dead. Back to life. In that room was Jairus, Jairus' wife, Jairus' daughter that was dead, Peter, James, and John, and the Lord Jesus. Verse 43 of the chapter says, He charged them straightly that no man should know it. See that? He did not want them to go out and tell everything that was just done. Chapter 8, verse 30. Preacher Darren, you're getting my curiosity up. Why is he forbidden these people to tell it? Chapter 8, and verse 30. This is, this is the passage where he has said to Simon Peter, uh, Whom do men say that I am? Some said you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah, one of the prophets. He said, Whom say you that I am? Simon Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 30. He charged them that they should tell no man of him. Did you see that? I, I've got a bunch of these. I, I'm going to go one more. Chapter 9, chapter 9, verse 9. Mount of Transfiguration. The glory of Christ overcame his outside bodily uh, being and now the glory is shining on the Mount of Transfiguration. Chapter 9, verse 9. And as they came down from the mountain, he charged them that they should tell no man what things they had seen, comma, till the Son of Man were risen from the dead, preacher dear, why is he wanting them to wait? He's not interested in large crowds following him for the wrong reason. I just want to say something right here and we're not going to move. Jesus's goal is to carry out a spiritual ministry God's way. He has right priorities and he has the right emphasis. On the message. If our goal at this church is to get a big crowd. We need to change our strategy. This is not about getting a crowd. If it's about getting a crowd we're going to do a lot of things different. There are churches tonight that to try to get a crowd. They dummy down the message. Amen. They do all they can to drum up a crowd. And they dilute the preaching so there's really little conviction in it. That's to get a crowd. Jesus is not interested in getting crowds to follow him for the miracle of healing and healing and healing. All these people around, we've well, we we got a crusade of healing, a crusade of healing. That's not what Jesus wanted to do. He did it at Simon Peter's house, but that was not, not the main objective that he came do you see the pressure that he shouldered? Do you know people tonight that you feel like they had a lot, have a lot of pressure in their life? You may say, yeah, I do. Me. <laughs> I've got a lot of pressure. I've got a job. And I've got a family. I've got a husband. I've got children. I've got grandchildren. I've got a lot of demands there. I'm pulled this way and that way. Well, I'm glad you're here tonight because I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you that are pressuring or that you that are shouldering pressure tonight. Number two. I want us to see the prayer that he sought. In the, in the middle of this um, time of massive crowds and in this middle of this chaos, I mean, one by one, he didn't just say, heal everybody, it showed up. One by one, he spoke to them, laid hands on them, one by one. I'm telling you, he was, he was worn completely out. Verse 35 says, In the morning, rising up a great while before day, I believe that that would be the time frame between 3 and 6 a.m. I don't know if he got up at 4. I don't know if he got up at 5. But it was before 6 a.m. The Lord got up. He went out. And he departed into a solitary place. And there prayed. And I underlined it. There he prayed. There's our safety. What was his priority? Seeking God's will for the day. What should be your priority? Seeking God's will for the day. Jesus left the house. He slipped away from the others in order to be alone with God in prayer. Pritchard Aaron, I have so much to do. And yesterday was such a hard day. I had so much pressure. And it was so chaotic. And it was so busy. And I'm so tired I need to sleep an extra hour. Jesus prayed an extra hour. Amen, Pastor. Jesus didn't say, let me sleep a little later. Let me get up at seven or eight. Jesus got up earlier. The busier, the more he prayed. The more chaotic, the more he prayed. Now, you know how we do. We get that extra hour of sleep. Jesus went to a solitary place. Jesus went to an isolated place for a time of prolonged and protracted prayer. He's seeking guidance. He's seeking direction from the Father. He's praying for the will of God to be done. Preacher, Darren, I see all that. Now, now, will you hear me? What has been happening on that Sabbath day, all those events, and after the Sabbath was over at evening, Healing all those people, it was good. It was good. Healing all those those people is good. But he's asking the Father, what is best? Let me say that again. Healing all those people, that great ministry is good. But he's out praying saying, Father, what is best? Now, I don't know if some of you noticed this or not, but we're going to turn to a few of these. So I hope you got your Bible. Here we go. The book of Luke chapter 3. I'm going to start slow. We're going to go faster. You're going to to see what's happening. Luke chapter 3 and verse number 21. Luke 3, verse 21. Our, Our point is the prayer he sought. We need to be praying. Luke 3, 21. Now, say amen when you found it. Now, when all the people were baptized... It came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open. I've read that and read that and read that and today I caught it. I never noticed that he was praying during his baptism time. As so he walked up, the Bible says he was praying and the Holy Ghost descended in the body shaped like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son and thee am I well pleased. You're in in Luke. Let's go to chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse number 12. It came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Amen. And when it was day, he called unto him disciples. He prayed before he ever chose disciples. Did you know that he prayed when he was feeding the 5,000? Did you know that he, look look at Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9. When he was uh, instructing his disciples, the Bible tells us that he began to pray with his disciples, Luke chapter 9 and verse number 18. And it came to pass as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him and they asked him, or he asked them, whom say the people that I am? Luke's gospel said he was praying even when he asked those questions. Chapter 9 and verse number 29. Mount of Transfiguration. As he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. When he taught them about the gospel and invitation in Luke 10, 2, he talked about praying. In Luke chapter 11, verse number 1, he taught them about Prayed the miracle of raising up Lazarus. John chapter 11. He prayed. Luke 22, Simon Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows, but I have prayed for you. He was praying about that. At the Last Supper, Jesus prayed. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed. On the cross, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He is praying Amen. After his resurrection, Luke 24, he's praying at every event. Praying, 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 praying. Do you see the pattern? In, in every event, I started going through those. I got like 15 of them and I finally just quit. If Jesus prayed about every event and he's God, how much more should we pray? Jesus was consistent in his life of prayer. Now, we just set them in to go, when we have much to do, we sleep more. When we have much to do, you know what we leave out? When you're busy, I got so much to do. You know, you, you know what you forget to do? Pray. When was the last time I had somebody say, Preacher, I'm so busy, let's just stop to pray. It's convicting, isn't it? He, go back to our text, Mark 1, 35 he prayed about God's chosen direction. He prayed about making decisions. He prayed about sharing the gospel. He prayed about every area of ministry. We face pressures, at least I do. Full schedules, high expectations, challenges, exhausting demands from people. And what do we need to do? Pray. Pray. And when we get so busy and we forget to pray, or we we don't take time to pray, how unlike Christ is that? We need to seek the Lord, especially when we're overwhelmed. The psalmist said in chapter 25, Psalm 25, verse number 4, please turn there. Preacher, dear, and I've turned and turned. It's Wednesday night. It won't kill you. You'll have Thursday to recover, Lord willing. Psalm 25, verse number 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, plural, for they are... Have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Verse 8. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. Let me just say this and I'll move to our third point. Oh my, how we need to pray and wait for God's direction. When God gives you a leading, when God gives you a direction, right now. Do it right. Then I'm telling you, about a month ago, the Lord told me to do something as far as this church was concerned, and I waited and hesitated and every day, I was sicker than a dog, and I would wake up at night, my heart beat out of my chest, and God tell me right now, you do it right now, you do it right. God I, Lord, I missed it, but I promise God if I'm living on Sunday, that's what I'm going I'm to, I intend to do it, God. And I'm telling you, it was so bad, I could not wait for Sonny to get here till I could do what I promised God I would do because I missed doing it to start with. And we're just talking about the, the pressures he shouldered and the prayer he sought. And I'm done right here And this, here we go. Number three, there is the priorities, no, the priority he sustained. Look with me in verse 35 again. In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and he departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Jesus' prayer time did not take the demands away. The demands only increased. The demands became more and more and more. But in prayer time, Jesus got direction and prayer time encouraged him to maintain the priority of the Father. Verse 36. And Simon, they've been at Simon's house. Remember what Jesus has done. Jesus has slipped out at 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning to go pray. Verse 36. Simon and they that were with him followed after him. Makes you think that Simon got up at three, four, five and went with him. No. Simon got up later. Those that were with him were his brother Andrew, James, and John. And the Bible says they began to follow. This verb, <laughs> this verb means that uh, they pursued or they searched for Jesus because he's gone. They've lost his presence. Have you ever gotten your prayer life and said, Lord, where are you at? I've lost sense of your presence in my life. God, what are you doing right now? I've got such a mess going on in my life. Lord, what do I, Lord, where are you at, Lord? Where are you at? Simon Peter gets up. Lord, where are you at? Verse 37, and when they had found him. See right there? When they had found him. They didn't know where he was. When they first got up, it's where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? here's what's happening, I believe. Backstory. When Simon Peter gets up, I believe the the crowd is gathering at the door again the next morning, early. You know how you are. The office opens at 8, so you're going to get there at 7.30, so you can be verse 1, right? And so they started gathering at the clinic down there at Simon's house, bringing more people that were sick and afflicted. And Simon Peter comes out, and he says, Hey, we're here to see Jesus. I don't know where he's at. Andrew, you've seen Jesus. James, John, y'all got, he's gone. We can see over here where he slept. There's a, I'm just telling you, he's gone. Boys, what are we going to do? Look at this crowd. What are we going to do? Somebody better go find Jesus. They went out searching, verse 37. When they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. It's what they're saying Jesus, the golden moment has arrived. Return with us. We're going to have a great day. You're going to do miracles. You're going to heal people. The crowds are building. What a revival. The greatest crowds we've ever seen, Lord. Let's go back. Lord, the people, they desire to see you. Verse 38. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns. You see that? I'm not going back to your house, Simon Peter. I, 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 but preach but 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 Jesus I, I, all them people are there and, and and they're sick folk and and you healed them last night and and you you you've healed the lord what are we going to do let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also for therefore came i forth Jesus said it's time to leave here Preacher, Darren, that don't make good sense. So-and-so's got need. So-and-so's mama's sick. Cousins are there. I mean, what, what, huh? The Lord said it would be good to go back and heal them, but that's not what's best. God the Father tells me that we're to go into the next towns and preach there also. You see, Jesus said I could stay here and heal all day long people that are sick. You're going to get an upset stomach or a headache or a heart heart issue. It's going to happen all the rest of your life. And any time he heals you of that, physically speaking, it's temporal. You get healed of it, something else is going to afflict you later on. Jesus said, I'm not here to do miracle after miracle. I can do them, but that's good. But I'm not here to have that ministry. I didn't leave heaven to have a healing ministry. I left heaven to seek and to save that which was lost. I left heaven to preach a gospel that men might repent and be saved. Healing is good, but God has something that's better and something that's best for me to be a part of. Do you see that? Jesus said, I have a higher calling. I have something that's more profound than ministering to physical needs. Sometimes you scratch your head. Why don't this? Lord has something better and something that's best that needs to be done. He came to address our eternal needs, not just our temporary needs. That, that may drive you crazy, but I'm telling you, the physical healings did not drive His ministry. He maintained the priorities of the Father and he pressed forward to preach the gospel that men might repent and be saved and to go to that cross and give his life. Don't you know it would have been easier for him to have healed people rather than carrying a cross up to Golgotha's hill? He didn't lay down the cross and say, wait, 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 I've got 84 people over here I need to heal on the way to the cross. That's not what he did. He's here to address the eternal needs that we have. I underline that part where it says, therefore came I forth. Verse 39. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, and he cast out devils. He preached extensively. Josephus says there's 204 villages in the region and cities in the region of Galilee. The difference between a village and a city, a city has a wall. A village does not. And he went around preaching in their synagogues. He exposited the word of God. He expounded the word of God. And they sat there and thought, open mouth, drop jaw. Never man spake like this man spake. He told them things they had never heard before. In conclusion, I'll be done. The huge crowds and the healings are good. But Jesus said no to those things to preserve that which was best. In his life. You and I are going to have to learn. To prioritize. To get the best things. Now I want you to think for a second. I hope this helps you. You have to resist the temptation. To be controlled. By unexpected emergencies. In your life. I have spent many a day. Not accomplishing. What God wanted me to do. Because I ended up getting spun around. Taken care of urgent needs that I thought needed to be taken care of and they were good, but it was not what was best for my life, for my walk with Jesus. Do you hear me? Can you prioritize? We have a choice to make on what's good, on what's better, and what's best. Can you prioritize that? You see, If you'll prioritize for what's best, it enables you to pursue long-term priorities. Let's talk about this. The urgent needs of these crowds did not drive his steps. Their eternal needs is what drove him away from them, headed to the cross, that they might get something then healing from stomach cancer, that they might have healing from sin. Thank God for it. You see, the physical needs of others, I hope you'll hear what I'm saying. If you're a pastor and you're listening to me, the physical needs of others, you somehow equate with the spiritual direction of God. And while those things are good, it may not be what's best for the church and it may not be what's best for your walk with Christ. They're two different things and they do not equate Physical properties are not equal with spiritual direction. Are y'all okay with that statement? At times, hear hear me well. At times, we pursue good things and neglect the best things. Good things become bad things when they keep us from the best things. Let me say it again. Good things... Become bad things when they keep us from the best things. Case in point, I like to spend a lot of time studying and in preparation. It may be that I didn't get to go to your birthday dinner or whatever that you had, and you may say, I'm mad at the preacher. Bless God. Man, there in a church 28 days and 28 years, and he didn't come to my retirement dinner where i got a pen and the preacher wasn't there to see it You may be mad but wouldn't it be best if your pastor was in prayer and in study of the word of god that he might give you something that's an eternal purpose an eternal principle rather than having something that's just he sat there and he took a kodak moment are you okay with that statement Preacher Darren, you're going to make me mad because you didn't come to my party. Let's just say this. Many of us, and I deal with this all the time, many of us think we have a time problem when we really have a priority problem. Do you see that in these verses? Oftentimes in life, we leave undone what ought to have been done and have done what ought not to have been done. As the pressures of life, turn to Psalm 37. As the pressures of life build and the demands build up on us, we have got to pursue God's priorities. Now, I'm going to ask this tonight. I just sit here as I read these verses. I read these verses. And I said, Lord, I never saw, I never saw that when you left Simon Peter's house and went out to pray, And here they all came and said, hey, Jesus, everybody seeks for you. Let's go back to the house. I never saw until earlier this morning, early this morning, God showed me we're not going back to Simon Peter's house where all those needs are. We're going to the next place to share the gospel. And I'm sure that that pooch-lipped a lot of people. But he's not here to please people. He's here to please the Father. And the last time I checked, Jesus is our example. Jesus is a perfect servant. And you and I have to learn to prioritize as Jesus did. Early in the morning, on his busiest and most chaotic day, he went and sought the, the, the Father's guidance. And it wasn't a popular decision, but it was what's best. Psalms 37, verse number 23. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Could you honestly say, because I couldn't, that the Lord has directed my every step? Oh me. And the reason we can't say it is we didn't pray about everything. Sometimes we got in things of our own, but verse 24 says, "Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with His hand." That's beautiful. I'm done. You stand to your feet tonight. The Lord's chosen direction. I pray that you'll go back in your life and you'll think, Lord, I've got to get up earlier to pray more rather than sleeping later and pray less. That's why I don't have your direction. That's why I don't have your guidance. That's why I don't have your leading. That's why I don't have your satisfaction. That's why I don't have your joy. I'm doing good things, Lord. It's pleasing, but I'm not pursuing the best things. There is a difference. Did you see that tonight? Father, tonight I thank you for the word of God. And Lord, it spoke to my heart and has convicted me. And Lord, I tonight I want to pray for this people. God, I don't know their heart, but Lord, if there'd be anybody here, my head's about, I'm not even looking, but Lord, if there's somebody here, they'd just put their hand up to heaven and put it right back down and say, Lord, I need to learn to prioritize. I need to learn to pray. I I need direction. I need guidance. I need to learn to listen better. I somehow always end up doing things that I shouldn't even have been doing and I left undone what needed to be done. Father, it would have been sad tonight if I had walked into the pulpit and said, well, I went to see so and so and so and so and so and so and here's how they're doing. Good night. God bless you. And not studied the word and not prepared to preach the Word of God. I looked in the Word of God, and the Bible says that the men of God, the disciples, they were preaching and studying, and, and, and they had to choose deacons to get out and go out and serve tables and take care of them. These things are important. These things are good. They need to be taken care of. But Lord, help us fall in our life in the ministry of this church to pursue that which is best that which has eternal principles, that which will make eternal differences, not just the physical. Lord, thank you for a church tonight that is not driven by the dollar, that's not driven by the number, but's driven by the Holy Spirit. And I pray tonight, God, you would help our lives to be under the direction and the leadership of the Holy Ghost. And Lord, when you tell us, let us go to the next towns that we may preach there also. For therefore came I forth, Let us be sensitive to the leadership of the Lord and pull up and do what you say do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.